Terry for breakfast. Humans of the Wheat Belt. Hello and welcome as we feature Humans of the Wheat Belt, a fantastic project put together by the Wheat Belt Health Network. There's been two versions of Humans of the Wheat Belt. One was released a couple of years back and the second copy was released in 2022. And joining us now as part of the Humans of the Wheat Belt series is Maddie Earl Sadler. Hello, welcome to... How are you going? I'm good. Now, people know you in Bruce Rock. Yes, yes, I am in Bruce Rock and have been and still continue to be in Bruce Rock. <laughs> You've been in The Rock uh, for a couple of years now. You first came to the Wheat Belt in 2017. Yes, yeah, I did. I moved out to Coolwyn first um, and I was there from 2017 to 2019 and then I've moved on to The Rock now and still living um, in Bruce Rock but now working in Meriden and definitely have no intentions of leaving the Wheat Belt anytime soon. <laughs> It's a great space out there in the Eastern Wheat Belt. So footy team alliances, other sporting alliances must be hard to come by given you've been in Cool and Bruce Rock and spent some time in Meriden. Yes, it's very it's very much a bit of a mixed bag actually because um, I'm very lucky at least for hockey. That's my choice of sport that um, our two clubs, Cool and, and Condinen and then Bruce Rock, don't play each other anymore. So I don't have to worry too much about the alliances there. But definitely it's a bit hard when footy comes and all the all the old mates from Coolin are supporting Coolin Condinen and I'm in Bruce Rock black and white. So it's definitely a bit of a contentious thing sometimes. <laughs> You're loving the wheat belt. You say that you want to stay here for a long, long time. Originally grew up on the coast in Warnborough and Rockingham. What initially drew you to the wheat belt? Um, so I was volunteering for a program out in Coolin called Camp Coolin. So I volunteered with that from when I was uh, 16 so in 2013 um, and I absolutely loved the program I loved the, the place there's just something I, I think you really know when you live in the wheat belt there is just something that calls you to the wheat belt when you're from the city um, obviously it's such a nice community and everyone is so lovely and it's such a close-knit kind of uh, feeling that you get when you come out here and so when the job opportunity um, at Camp Cullen came up in 2017 I kind of applied and jumped at it and I've been here ever since and it's just it's a place that I feel like as a young adult as well I guess I'm not really a young adult anymore but (laughs) still as an adult um, growing up and having that space where I've had people kind of take me under their wing it just kind of drives you to want to be that person as well so I've just been so lucky to have so many great people around me. Bruce Rock the old saying is where friends become family and well you're evident of that. Yeah, definitely. I think that it's that that kind of sentiment can be said amongst all of the Wheatbelt towns out here. Um, I know when I moved, first moved out to Cool when I was 19 and I didn't have a driver's licence and um, the, some of the hockey girls worked out that I played hockey and so between them all I kind of jumped in a car every weekend and was out at the hockey games wherever they were and um, I was really quite looked after and then once... Um, I moved on to Bruce Rock and um, now working in Meriden as well. I've had so many people like that have taken me under their wing and um, made sure that I've had the best opportunities and the best community around me, considering, you know, three hours away from your family can be a bit tough. So it's definitely a place where uh, friends have definitely become a bit of a chosen family. How has that been, being so far away from family? Because uh, understandably, family would be very close to you. Yeah, so I have quite a small family. It's just myself and my sister, like siblings-wise, and then my mum and dad. 
Um, our my grandparents have always lived um, quite far from us, so luckily there's lots of technology and they've embraced that, so that's helpful. But it's definitely been it was definitely tough the first couple of years not having the ability to actively get back, and COVID was definitely a big. Uh, kind of stopping wedge because they couldn't come and see me and I couldn't go and see them for a couple of months. But I do think very much um, they have that saying, distance makes the heart grow fonder. And so I really, really appreciate my time with my parents and my sister a lot more now because I'm not, we're not on, on top of each other all the time. Yes. So it's quite nice that once they come up, we do actually get to spend that genuine time together. And yeah, it's, it's lovely. <laughs> Now, you were born over east. Tell us how you came to move to Western Australia. Um, so, yeah, so I was born over in Melbourne. Um, my dad was in the Navy from when he was 15. So he served in the Navy for 21 years um, and they got redeployed over into WA. So we moved to WA when I was about four. Um, and then so we first started out in Safety Bay um, because dad was stationed at a Garden Island. Uh, and then kind of moved a little bit south every time we've moved. So we went to Warmbro and my mum um, was a teacher at Warmbro High and still is a teacher at Warmbro High. Um, and then we moved down to Mandra um, because that was closer for high school for my sister and I. And yeah, so we just kind of have a bit, not hugely transient, but a little bit of a move around every now and then. <laughs> Shake it up, keep it fresh. And during your young years, you developed a love of community theatre. Yeah, um, I was really lucky to have some really cool opportunities uh, when I was younger. I have played piano since I was um, quite young, so music was kind of one of those things I was really quite into and it kind of drew me into doing some different things. And I was able to – I auditioned for a theatre show and got into that and then kind of you get swept up in Perth. It's quite nice. The – not well, I guess amateur theatre is what you'd call it, Amdram, um, is a very big – in Perth and in Quinana and Mandra. So I was quite lucky to kind of be swept up into that. And again, that's another place where that community becomes your family. I've got so many good long, like lifelong friends now that I met through that because you are all there for the same thing and you kind of get thrown together for very intensive amounts of time and you're spending lots of time together. So you become very close with those people that you're around all the time. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. We're having a chat with Maddie Earl Sadler. She was featured as part of the Humans of the Wheatbelt series, a great project put together by Wheatbelt Health Network. Maddie, you've spent a few years now in Bruce Rock. You've moved on to Meriden. You, you were down at the uh, Community Resource Centre there. Now you're involved with another organisation. Yeah, um, I was really lucky. Uh, this interview that I did for Humans of the Wheatbelt um, was actually what uh, stemmed me moving into my new job. Um So I was at the CRC and was really lucky to be interviewed by Anna Cornish. Um, She came and did some interviews with us. Um, And about a week after my interview had come out, um, I got contacted by the CEO of Avon Community Services uh, and kind of was a bit headhunted for the youth worker job in Meriden, um, given some of my experience and skills, I guess, that I have working with youth. No heads were hurt um, in the process, were they? No, no heads were hurt in the process. (laughs) Um, And I kind of... Um, yeah, got this really great opportunity um, from this interview and so uh, moved on to working for Avon Community Services. So I now run the youth centre in Meriden as the youth worker there Uh, and I've been there now for 18 months and absolutely love it. It's just a phenomenal thing and still living in Bruce Rock but working in Meriden has been really great to come home to like a support network when I need it 
that's a bit separate from where I'm working. So having that really good separation of professionalism and personal life has been really helpful in that processing of those hard days and things when you get a bit overwhelmed. Because it, it's a pretty important job that you're running there at Avon Community Services. And I've seen firsthand the great collaboration with the local police. Yeah, um, I was really lucky, actually. When I um, started last year in March, the police had just kind of kicked back up their blue light unit initiative um, in Meriden. So I was um, working alongside some brilliant police officers like Tyler Winter and Andy Galbraith, uh, who really wanted to see the rise of prevention, youth crime prevention by engaging kids in good activities. So um, we've been very lucky. We've done some discos. We've done some quiz nights. We had the uh, Blue Light Community Charity Ball in February, um, just gone 2022. And Terry, of course, you were the wonderful MC for the evening. It was fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, we've been really lucky to be able to raise some really good funds to be able to put on some amazing events. The weekend just gone, um, the new arcade in Meriden had opened and between the youth committee and the blue light and the arcade, we were able to put some money on some of those rechargeable cards for kids that might not be able to necessarily afford to or to be, and they were also given to some of the schools to be awarded to some of those kids that have worked really hard and kind of earned that as a um, as a reward as well. So we're working really hard together. Um, we've been really lucky to create a really good committee um, and some networks with the different community members and businesses so, and I think that's really what Wheatbelt Living is about, is making those networks and connections and getting to work towards a common goal. Now, you, you talk of your love of communities and you mentioned uh, when you were back in school, you managed to go overseas and go to Manila, to the Philippines and work in some of the communities over there. Has that influenced what you're doing now? Um, I definitely would say yes. I think I've always had a love for working with kids um, I was clucky since the day my sister got brought home when I was two and a half. So I've always loved babies and kids. Um, and getting the opportunity to go to the Philippines was just one of those surreal moments where you know those sorts of places exist, but you've never, you don't know the intensity of those things until you go. And the fact that we had kids and communities who just absolutely embraced um, us as people and we were able to like daily interact with these beautiful kids who don't necessarily get to go to school every day, but we're hanging off your every word when you told them a story and being able to sit and eat with the community members every day. And it was, it was, it's a indescribable experience. I think, I think I absolutely commend um, my school who were able to put that, uh, well, the Anglican school commission was who put that together and it was just, a really great opportunity for so many of us kids who we are very privileged that we get an education and getting the realisation that not everyone gets that was was definitely what made me want to work with those kids that may may have had a bit of a harder harder go at life than we have. Travelling is uh, such a wonderful thing and it's how great is it that we're able to do it again after a couple of years of disruptions? Oh, absolutely phenomenal. I actually got to... Um, head off to Spain um, earlier this year to go visit my grandparents. My mum's parents live in Spain. And so getting to go and see them um, after not seeing them for a couple of years was just, it was so, again, one of those moments where you just go, you see them filmed on Facebook and things like that. And there's such a heartwarming, you know, and I genuinely, like you just feel so at peace when you get to finally get to go and do what you want to do and see those people that you've missed for so long. And Maddie, just before we wrap up, have you got any advice there for young people? 
Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this last, I actually did think about it. And I feel like this last 18 months have really shown me that when you're given an opportunity that you think is too good to be true, just believe that you've earned it at some point. Saying yes to opportunities that come and being able to embrace change is such a such an amazing skill to acquire and to acquire it young is um, absolutely like you, you just, you get so many opportunities when you say yes to things, you shut down things when you say no. So believe that at some point you've earned it, you are good enough. You've, you've done the, you've done the groundwork. So say yes and take it on. There's only one answer you come up with and that's yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maddie El Sadler, you're uh, a great part of the community in the Eastern Wheatbelt. We appreciate everything you've done over the last few years. Your contribution certainly doesn't go unnoticed through the organisations you've been with. Appreciate your time here as we talk to some of the humans of the Wheatbelt. Thanks, Terry. It is Humans of the Wheatbelt series here on Listener and a great project put together by the Wheatbelt Health Network, celebrating inclusion in the Wheatbelt community. Terry for breakfast. Humans of the Wheatbelt.